How can we as moms and moms-to-be who are more overwhelmed and worried than ever about our kids find natural, safe, effective, and real-life ways to nurture and cultivate amazing human beings? That is the question, and here are the answers. This is the Parent Coffee Talk, and I'm Dr. Roseanne. I'm Dr. Cleopatra. Let's get started. It's so great to be here. Hi, Dr. Rowe, and hi, Dr. Sandy. Everybody, we're so excited to have a very special and distinguished guest with us today. This is Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum, and she is the founder and CEO of Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. Dr. Rowe, I would love for you to give a formal introduction to Dr. Sandy, our dear friend. Yeah, she is our dear friend and she's kind of like my soul sister because we have a lot of the same training um, as psychologists and we're neurofeedback, biofeedback geeks and (laughs) nutrition geeks. So whenever we get together, we can, you know, another friend that I can talk to all day. So such a pleasure to be here. So as you said, she, she founded the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy in 2014, really after spending over 35 years as a clinical psychologist. And she really is a trailblazer and really teaching individuals and families about the importance of holistic care and how connected that is to mental health. She is an expert in positive psychology and mind-body medicine, and she's the author of Functional Medicine Coaching, Stop Panic Attacks and 10 Easy Steps, and How to Give Clients the Skills to Stop panic attacks. Sandy says something that I say, which is so funny, but I say it differently. She empowers people to be the CEO of their own health. I always say, Sandy, that I want parents to be the CEO of their own family. So we're all about empowerment, right? So good. All of us. And, you know, she's here supporting so many people, training so many people, really Mm -hmm. having a global impact. Huge. um, with her, you know, the health coach training component of it, because we are in health crisis. And one of the best ways that you can regain control of your health is actually learn this stuff yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And three of us did that. And we learned this. And, you know, now, Sandy, what a gift to share this with you know, other people. And thank you for being on our parent coffee talk. And we have so many moms. And I also want to say it's her birthday was just her birthday. So happy birthday. Can we share your big milestone birthday? You absolutely can. Okay. This is so exciting. Dr. Sandy looks so amazing. Dr. Sandy, and just a reflection of the exquisite care she takes of her insides and her, her mental health and how it shows on the outside and her contribution, because that also contributes so much to how we live and how we age over time, right? Dr. Sandy turned 70 last week on March 24th. And by the way, my daughter turned five that same day. They share their birthday. So it was a very special day. And, and we, we got to dance. We got to have a dance party, a virtual yeah. dance party. We a DJ. We had a DJ. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. A, we know how to party. It was so fun. It was so awesome. And one of the things we're talking to you about, Dr. Sandy, today is really staying connected in a virtual world. Mm-hmm. What a segue into that is that we had this virtual 
party because we're in this group where people all over in the world and that was our way to honor and celebrate you. And it yeah. was ridiculously fun. But we can have fun anywhere. So no, you know, it was great to have DJ about. DJ <laughs> so talk to us about this time of people really staying connected virtually. It's an exciting time in many ways about what we can do to stay connected. Can you talk about how virtual connectedness helps us not be socially isolated? Absolutely. And it's such a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to talk with you both. I've been running a company that since we started is virtual. We are 100% online. The curriculum is all online. We do live training sessions online. So we've been in the space for quite a while and I've been working at home for a long time. Mm -hmm. And a perfect example is we use Zoom for our live training sessions. And so our students come together with a course facilitator. And at first, of course, there's the usual tech issues. How do I get on Zoom? And how do I mute myself? And there's... um, So once you get over those challenges, and we always tell them you've gotten the first step, you know, you're, you're here, you've signed on. But by the end of those 12 months that they're students... There are tears when they leave those sessions. So they've been with this same little small cohort group, 15 or so other students. They've been, they've learned how to coach. They've been experiencing the process of being coached themselves and they've been vulnerable. They've shared and those people become so close. And I might point out that they are from all over the world. So they might be on a call with somebody from South Africa, Saudi Arabia, all over the world, the UK. And so no matter where they are, they've come together as strangers. And through that small group process, they are so connected with one another that there are tears when they have to leave their final session and they commit to staying connected. Many of those are still going on. They meet, continuing to meet virtually. So that, I think, is a great uh, show is the power of this virtual connection because many people think, well, how can it possibly be the same? You know, I can't be physically with you. I can't give you a hug in person. So we have that experience. There's also research evidence This has been actually for a few years that uh, in psychotherapy. So, of course, you would think, well, face-to-face encounter has got to be more powerful to help people change than uh, telehealth, seeing somebody virtually this way, either, either with video or not. And it turns out that's not the case, that the impact, the effectiveness, if you're in psychotherapy, if you're meeting with your therapist online versus in person. It turns out to be exactly the same. And that goes for even phone conversations. I uh, happen to know a wonderful coach. Her name is uh, Carolyn Miller. She's a positive psychology expert. And she does her coaching sessions. She prefers them over the phone. And she closes her eyes. And she said, that means I'm fully present. I've shut out everything else. Mm -hmm. So that's another example. So I'm just floored by the creativity, how people are coming together. So we mentioned my birthday party. Well, yeah, I had three parties that day. So one was our online, our company. So the team threw me a surprise party. And they are getting, so it was so incredible to be with everybody. 
And the second was a party we'd mentioned with a, a DJ. And the third was one that I hosted. And I thought, well, this is great. I don't have to clean the house. I, don't <laughs> have to worry. I know Rosanne and I have had, uh, we have, the, we come from, you know, this background that like, oh, we're going to run out of food. We better have yeah. five times. We have enough. Well, Ten people are coming over. You got to get food for fifty. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've been to your house, Sandy. There's enough for a week. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't suffer from that yeah. problem, y'all. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. So I didn't when my kids to, are a little older. That's so funny. I didn't have to worry about seating. I didn't have to worry about going over budget. And yeah. you know, the more the merrier. Come yeah. celebrate with me. Bring your kids. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, awesome. and so we we can find ways. Um, yeah. that can say how, to, and I always like to start with the mindset, what's good, what's working for you? How can you make this work for you? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to being stuck in, oh, it's awful and I can't tolerate this and I can't get, I can't stand this. It's so interesting. Like, you know, even um, Cleopatra on a different coast. So, you know, we'll leave each other audio messages all the time. And um, it, it feels like you're just, talking on the friend, you you know, on the phone, like it's, yeah. it's really yeah. pretty cool. So there's the technology has made it so easy. You think, well, you could have just left her a voicemail, but a voicemail is a different thing. The phone might ring in the other night, you know, in the middle of the night, but on our iPhones, we can leave each other audio messages and messenger. We can leave each other audio messages with zoom certainly takes it to a whole other level. Yeah. Getting you feel like you're sitting there is something about getting to sit together face to face. Even if we are in different rooms, I can look you in the eye. I can take fully take in being with you. And I think that's really powerful too. Yeah, I've had book club now and the advantage is so I'm I'm um at a different part of the country for part of the yes. year in Scottsdale. My book club awesome. is still um in the Chicago area and there are a bunch of us here and we're really missing book club. So mm-hmm. I get everybody together over Zoom. We had a lively discussion. But I also want to add that we don't want to forget old school telephone because there are many people who aren't tech savvy, it's very stressful to even get on Zoom and so who don't even have email necessarily. They have it, but they don't check it often. And so just mm-hmm. the power of that phone. And so just checking in on somebody uh, in that way is so important as well. Yeah. When people That's are isolated. Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, I know you talk a lot about building resilience and character strength. And I left you a voicemail saying, you know, one of the things, you know, we're, we're in this time, strange time in our world with coronavirus. And I was, I was just so moved by your birthday party and that what you had said that there has been generations before us that have gone through horrible things. And the Holocaust was a perfect example of that. I, I really was like struck me for days, that statement, one of the most horrific um, things that have ever happened in all of humanity, and yet people grew and came out of that. How important working through what our strengths are in, in these character strengths that we all have and how they develop in times of adversity. You know, I know I really try to, with my children, and encourage all the people that come to me in Riverdale, Connecticut Center, but we can't bubble our kids all the time. They need to be able to deal with disappointment, mm-hmm. uncomfortable feelings, mm-hmm. because that's where your character develops. Just want you to speak to the importance of how does strengths develop? 
what can we do to encourage parents to develop those strengths? Absolutely. Great question. And we have within us the, what I call psychological capital. I think it's more important than toilet paper right yeah. now. We use creativity to, um, to figure out ways to get around the toilet paper issue. Yeah. Uh, or we use prudence to, to conserve more squares of toilet paper, for yeah. example. Yeah. So, you know, so these are great ways that we can look at what's right with us. So the study of positive psychology is really all about what's right with us and not what's wrong with us. Okay. And that's really fundamental. Often, particularly to kids, and I started out, I do, did a lot of assessments, you know, psych testing and whole batteries of tests. And I shudder when I think I had file cabinets full of all of these reports. And we were trained to look at what's wrong with you. You yeah. had to come up with, you know, what type of learning disability do you have and how do you fix it? And now I'm looking at, well, how many of those kids were saddled with that diagnosis? When instead, if we had looked at what if these were strengths? And so we can turn ADHD into, oh, this is zest, this is creativity, and if we focus there. So, and, and we have, there are, the character strengths are the basic keys that unlock the pillars to well-being. So what are the, what's well-being? And that's positive psychology studied that. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with positive, emo- there's an acronym called PERMA, P-E-R-M-A. So P is for positive emotions. Mm-hmm. E is for engagement, like you're you're learning, you're playing the piano, and you're so involved that you don't even tune everything out. Mm-hmm. And then the R is relationships that are important, meaningful. The M is meaning and purpose. And A is achievement, no matter how small it may be. Mm-hmm. So how do you get there? Yeah. Yeah, fortunately, these 24 character strengths, they're your psychological capital. We all have them. How did they find out what they are? Well, they studied for years. The researchers, Martin Seligman, Chris Peterson, they looked across all types of literature. They studied philosophy and religions and psychology and looked at different cultures. And they all have these common 24. That's like, I like to call them like a deck of cards. We all have them. And your kids all have them. And your spouses, your partners all have them. So what's really cool is that you can use them. That's how we thrive. And that's how we thrive when times are good. And that's how we thrive when times are not so good. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, Dr. Sandy, when you talk about having a file cabinet, you know, Dr. Sandy and I were both, you know, doing neuropsych testing, psychoeducation testing. And I actually went into every evaluation review with my families and would say this, I'm going to tell you everything that's wrong with your kid so we can get them help. But I'm also going to tell you all the strengths they have, I love which that. may not be valued mm-hmm. in this kind of setting. And maybe you need to do this instead, because what's more important than your emotional core? Nothing. You know, that and health. Yeah. And, you know, um, but I oh, love what you're saying. Well. And, you know, when we talk about, I always talk about some kids are born sort of glass half empty and some are kind of born glass half full. And even when you have a kid that tends to be more negative or an individual that you grew up family, right? That everybody was negative and it's hard to shake off. You Mm -hmm. can shake that off. Mm -hmm. You can learn that. And you said something so critical 
that we have to adapt, even if it's small little steps. It's those small steps in everything you do that creates big waves. And we always want to get here and we want to go like this (laughs) or even like this, but it doesn't work that way most of the time, you know? And so we have to take these steps and everybody's so capable of that, right? Isn't that the beautiful part of positive psychology, Dr. Sandy? Uh, Absolutely. Love it. The beautiful part is that these are all traits that that are within everybody. You can, but some are underused. Mm-hmm. And so some are of the heart, like love and kindness. Some are more of the mind, like that have to do with wisdom, creativity, judgment, prudence. Some are what we call kind of the not as sexy strengths, like self-regulation. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, you let got- me to be a sexy strength because, I mean, it's like one of the top reasons why people, kids are coming to me is they're not self-regulating behaviorally, socially cognitively and mm-hmm. emotionally. Yeah. And um, right. yeah. it's getting worse. You know what I'm saying? Um, and there's a lot of reasons why, but um, I don't think we're valuing strengths. I agree. We're trying to get everybody to fit into a box. Mm-hmm. And if you don't fit into that box, there's something yep. wrong with you. And I can't stand that. And, you know, parents are so well-meaning and they, a lot of times they get caught up in what other parents are telling them or, what are messaging that they're getting through our culture and some parents know better, but it's hard. It's hard to be out of the pack and say like, no, I value something different for my child. It is like, hard. Yeah. That's absolutely right. So if you'd like, I can read them all because everybody's probably wondering I, so yeah. how you can find out what, because some stand at some rise to the top. They're really your signature strengths. Mm-hmm. So as I'm reading them, maybe you can guess, like, which ones do you think are your signature strengths, the uh-huh. top five or so, and, and think about them for your kids, and then I'll show you how you, where you can go for yeah. that. Okay, yes. perfect. So that the wisdom great. strengths is creativity, curiosity, love of learning, perspective, and judgment. Then the current strengths are bravery, honesty, perseverance, and zest. The humanity are love, kindness, social intelligence. The justice are teamwork, leadership, and fairness. Temperance uh, are forgiveness, humility, prudence, and self-regulation. And finally, transcendent strengths, appreciation of beauty and excellence, hope, gratitude, humor, and spirituality. So, wow. Zest. um, And guess what? Academics are not there. Their academics are not on there. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. yeah, because that's what everybody does, right? Yeah. Like they, they're like, oh, you're anxious, but you're getting straight A's, so you must be fine. Yeah, and strength. These character strengths are traits. They are not the same as if you say, "What are you good at?" Well, I'm good at sports. I'm good at uh, singing. Or those are those are what you learn if you have the perseverance and the love of learning, the curiosity. Those your traits bring you to want to excel in sports, for example. So you can. What are some of your signature strengths? So my and no matter how much you you they're throughout your life, they don't change. So this was me as a kid, and this was me now at 70. 
So yeah. appreciation of beauty and excellence. I was, I'm always saying, oh, I love that. I love that dress. I love that necklace. I love the sunset. Wow, this is so gorgeous. I really, truly appreciate excellence. Now, how can it backfire? Because I'm a perfectionist. I can go uh-huh. into a, I'm a clothing shoe freak. I can say, well, I don't like those uh, from, you know, these are poor quality. And so it, it's led in the past to bad habits like buying clothes that were, you know, really like I got carried away by how beautiful they are and oh, the price, what did I just do? I spent so much money. <laughs> so, you know, it also can be having that fine eye for detail. So I can set a table or I can look at some, a written thing I've done and say, well, it's not good enough. So every strength can be overused too. And then zest, love of learning, a love is, is one of my top strengths and creativity. I'm not satisfied until I find a creative solution. Mm-hmm. to a problem. And the strengths that are so important, there's as for overcoming adversity. And so it's having that ability to be creative. So mm-hmm. maybe you have to stretch your food to last uh, for your large family. Well, how are you going to be creative in problem solve that? So yes. you fall into play. How are you going to have uh, perseverance to keep going? Hope highly tied into physical as well as emotional well-being and humor. Uh, we need humor in dark times. And so you find ways to laugh. And so you use each of these strengths and they come in clusters. And so uh, you had mentioned the Holocaust. So there's been, I've, I've probably read hundreds of books on that subject mm-hmm. and yeah. focus the, and people who endured uh, the most difficult of times because they of these traits and particular hope. Those who gave up hope didn't survive. Those who mm-hmm. Victor Frankl talks about this man's mm-hmm. meaning. Yeah. You keep that hope, and the hope is often very much tied to your meaning and purpose, your connection, spirituality, and so maintain that. And also perspective. What I often mm-hmm. do and. And again, I do think of people who were in hiding so much when I start to think, oh, this is, this is, you know, if you're, if you're stuck somewhere and uh, what was it like for somebody to endure under those circumstances mm-hmm. and how did they, what, what must have it you know, been like? And so I would suggest if anyone hasn't read the diary of Anne Frank or Anne Frank remembered, and I remember seeing it um, many, many times, actually my daughter is an actress and she had been cast many times in that role. So awesome. wow. Many, yeah. many times. She's doing and wonderful work. Uh, your daughter you must be so proud of her. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so the character strengths, you may be wondering, well, how do I find out what are my signature strengths? Yeah, I'd love to. You can go to via, that's V-I-A, character.org. Mm-hmm. And that's a nonprofit. They are devoted to research, application of character strengths. They, the really cool thing is they have a version for kids. That and is so cool. It, your spouse, partner takes it, your kids take it, and then you start having strengths talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do cool things like let's. What strengths are we all going to use today? I yeah. love that so and much, Doctor Sandy. That's great. That's a good you idea. You that dialogue, and you get kids to see the value in themselves. Like these are characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you say I'm good at this or I'm good at that, kids today see them as either being a good student or they're not, and they see that as a character strength. Yeah. They're not understanding these other pieces. Well, and they that's a lot of value by seeing themselves as, you know, yes. you know, other things, funny and 
do you see in others? What strengths did you use today? Or yeah. attention, what strengths, how many ways can you find prudence? Prudence yeah. is called the mother of all the strengths of what, because it's like your mother saying, you better take your sweater when you go. <laughs> better take that vitamin C. I know, right? Yeah, oh my gosh. Exactly. Um, pretty interesting. And, and, you know, today kids are uh, exposed to, they're online a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is certainly a lovely tool to use as a family an online tool. But what are other ways that kids can stay connected virtually or applications of things that you really do enjoy? I think that kids will on their own find ways. And I'm just amazed at at their creativity. Mm -hmm. Because I find many parents feel like they have to do something, that their kids have to be productive every moment. They always, everything has to be about learning, about setting structure for them. And they're told to do that. And so, you know, what happens to just learning by playing, learning by coming up with some ideas? So I would trust in them that they will find ways to connect with. And and so it's their own creativity. Mm-hmm. That and kids are great and curiosity. Curiosity is the key to learning. So you start with curiosity. It's actually the key to engagement. Mm-hmm. So I train health coaches, and you come to that session with your client with curiosity. It's not about you. It's about them. Uh, as Jay Abraham, the master in marketing, says, it's far better to be interested than interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kids that have that on steroids, they're interested in things. And so you let them pursue that um, and they will work it out. Pretty cool. Now, I know your your coaching academy, your functional coaching academy blends positive psychology with functional medicine. And not everybody really understands what functional medicine is. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's pretty broad. Sure. So functional medicine is really more a way of thinking than a way of practicing medicine. Mm -hmm. And it's about digging into what are the root causes of what's making you suffer. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a whole bunch of symptoms. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're getting eczema, rashes, skin breakouts, uh, and maybe you're having some gut issues. And so the typical thing to do is, well, you go to a gastroenterologist and a psychiatrist and a skin doctor, and you've got... Uh, you get diagnosed and you get treated. And the treatment could be conventional. You get a drug, a prescription, or if you go to an integrative doctor, they'll tell you, oh, take St. John's warts or do this treatment, get acupuncture. Those are all treatments. Mm -hmm. So what is functional medicine? It looks under the hood and it looks at what's going on and look addresses those root causes. An example I love to give, I want you to imagine that um, it's a room and uh, the floor is all wet. And there's a bunch of people, they're the doctors, the conventional doctors, and they're mopping the floor because they're focused, oh, it is, it's wet, so we've got to do that. But they don't see that the faucet, somebody left the faucet running. And so the sink is overflowing and that's what's causing the flood. And all they have to do is turn off the faucet. And so that's what functional medicine does. It looks at the faucets 
running, what's going on? Is it typically like stuff like inflammation? And then turn off the faucet. How do you turn that down? Well, typically it's starting with the fundamental lifestyle factors. What are those? It's what are you eating? Are you getting what? Are you hydrated? What about your sleep, your relaxation, your meaning and purpose, your relationships in life? So those are, you know, examples of lifestyle changes. That's what coaches do. They can help going in and look at what are you ready to change or wanting to change right now. And it it may feel so overwhelming people to change. And um, what I love about, you know, functional health coaches is that they help you start somewhere. (laughs) Um, And then they guide you through that, which is really nice. Cause like, you know, we, we all three of us live this sort of very uber, uh, you know, health, you know, lifestyle food is a super priority for us. Mm-hmm. See it, Dr. Sandy and myself as part of our cultural upbringing. Um, I mean, everybody's cultural upbringing food, but the Italian and Jewish culture is the next level. And, and the I'm Egyptians just, too. Yeah. You, you hear about Italian and Jewish weddings. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Indian weddings too, because they go on even longer than, than us. I'm just joking. I mean, food is a part of our culture. And, you know, people always say to me, like, oh, it must be so hard to eat, you know, paleo when you're Italian. And I'm like, no, it's not. Because that's, you know, other than pasta, Italians eat, particularly the peasant Italians, eat very, very healthy. And I love to go to these fancy schmancy restaurants because they always have peasant Italian food items on there. You know, like bone marrow and things like that. That's just, that's like what peasants eat, you know, and it's just good stuff. So... But I love health coaches because people feel lost. They don't know where to start. And they're so great at coaching you through that. I taking a real look at what's under the hood. And coaches um, are your personal cheerleader. They help people change when change is hard. They don't dictate. They're not the experts. They don't have any plan in mind. If they do, you've got the wrong coach. Um, yeah. they, they are there to be with you on this journey. To, they can offer suggestions, but really it's where do you want to start? What's hard? What's going to be an obstacle? But uh, we teach it through these character strengths that you have it. It's like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. You know, you have the, you have it all within you all along. Mm-hmm. You have what you need. And so it often starts with what do you want your health for? What would your ideal life look like? And then you backtrack, well, where are, where are you ready to start today? Mm-hmm. And often the key is also there when you're held accountable, it's like, oh, I better not. Oh, I, I'm going to, you know, she told, I, I know I have to talk about this next week with my coach. So, oh, maybe I'm going to say no to that donut. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. I wanted to go back to the idea of diagnosis and positive psychology and being about what is working and how. Most of psychology, so we are all three psychologists, which is amazing. And I'm a health and social psychologist and a statistician. Dr. Sandy and Dr. Rowe are clinical psychologists who do, who have done in the past assessments. Dr. Rowe still does in her center. What we know about traditional psychology is that it's based on the medical model, which is a disease model. It investigates the things that are wrong and it gives people labels and it puts them into categories because the categories make it possible for us to get help. They make it possible for the insurance to cover treatment. They're sort of a necessary evil 
of the medical system and the treatment system as we've constructed it, which is why coaching can be so great because it doesn't have to follow necessarily that medical model and often doesn't, that disease model. And it makes me think a lot about fertility. And you you both know that I work with people who are overcoming fertility challenges or just want to make sure they don't have any, especially when they're having children later in life. And we have all of these statistics about infertility. And I never use the word infertility because the reality is that very few people in the world are truly infertile or truly sterile. And we have all these statistics, one in eight couples are struggling, 7 million people. The rates are growing exponentially. They've been growing exponentially. Two out of every three millennials is worried about their fertility for the future. And these are, you know, we hear these statistics and it feels so heavy, but our just, just like our mental health and our physical health, our fertility is this incredible opportunity. And we know that involuntary childlessness in the world is approximately 3%. So it's the, the reality is that only 3% of the population is probably truly infertile. And the rest of us have an opportunity to figure out how to maximize our our mental health and our physical health in order to make our fertility work for us. And that's really what you're, what you, the gift you're giving people, Dr. Rowe, when you say, okay, I'm going to tell you all the things that I'm supposed to tell you about what's not working. And then I'm going to tell you all of the amazing gifts that your child possesses. And the same thing with what the coaches do and what you're teaching the coaches to do and to focus on their strengths and to be aware of the parts of their their characteristics or character strengths that can go too far. I love that so much. And I think it's really, really important for us to remember that these labels that we get in society don't have to define us. And in many ways, they're arbitrary labels that you know, can't take into account the full picture and can't take into account the positive sides of who we are, right? The same thing goes with our genes. We, we talk about these genetic, this, you know, these genetic polymorphisms and the SNPs that have these negative things associated, associated with them, but they also have strengths associated with them. And I think it's really powerful that that's what you're doing and that's what you're teaching the coaches to do. So I just want to say thank you for that, Dr. Sandy. That's incredible. I just love what you said because I have seen this thousands of times, no matter what the diagnosis was. So when I, my master's was originally in learning disabilities and I was in the clinic, you know, giving these huge batteries of tests and the, the idea was to pin a label, learning disabilities, what type of learning disability. And so sitting in on that parent conference, and that's all they can hear. Oh, no, my child has a learning disability, or they have ADD, or they're on the spectrum. Or when I worked in, in health psychology, as you did, uh, somebody, well, you, you have insom- you're an insomniac. Or and they come, and they, it's like a, a sign that they wear around. I'm an insomniac. I'm a panic. You know, I, I, I'm a panic sufferer. Well, 
it's that that label can set up now you're panicking about panic or you've uh, and so it, it's very very destructive and I remember early on I had to write up these lengthy uh, like 20 page 30 page reports and every I was at this learning disability center at major university and, and I remember once I got marked down on my paper because I had mentioned that this this little boy that I had done an assessment on was really good at sports and he was really funny and I had gone into a whole paragraph talking about like that you know that this is what I saw and I remember the uh, the professor had said you didn't who ran the clinic you didn't go into enough detail about breaking down the particular disorders and the the dysfunctions um, and like oh and then when I was studying clinical psychology in that world as well and doing these complicated psych batteries and diagnosis I thought I was what's wrong with me I'm such a poor diagnostician all these other psychologists oh look at that flaming bipolar and did you see that and I said oh, I didn't see that at all I thought oh he was like you know I, I noticed that he was um, you know just really engaging and, and really um, had all these positive traits isn't and, that part uh, of your your character <laughs> values your yeah. your appreciation for beauty and excellence yeah. right um, and so you know and and not to put the field down because there is in learning disorders we do teach to the strengths so that oh, the absolutely. areas that are weak can improve. But it, it's really it's strength first, you know, mm-hmm. and that through that, then mm-hmm. you can train and, and with enough practice. You know, and so and and using the sense of uh, really families pulling together and not isolating that child and mm-hmm. um, so from the rest of you know that as they're the abnormal ones, so I better cook a special meal because they're the ones that have the problems and the other kids could get everything else. Yeah, one of the worst things you can do. I'm like, you got to make a sweeping family change for the dietary component because it's exactly. good for everybody. Exactly. Now, you are a multi talented lady and you are also the CEO of a Broadway uh, producer of Emoji Land. It's the hit off Broadway musical, which I think would have been went further for once of this darn coronavirus. But you'll be back. So and, incredible, Yeah, and um, I still have to go and see it. But uh, so there's a, when it when it comes back. But there's a lyric in the pile of poo song. Um, <laughs> it doesn't say poo. You know, moms. In the end, it always we always talk about pooping or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> But it, this, there's a lyric that says, remember who you are and what you do when life hands you a pile of poo. Um, what does that mean and how can parents convey this message? Yeah, just a little backstory. This is a musical that was in the works for about five years that my daughter co-wrote. And they're off Broadway. Mm-hmm. And then and the show is about called Emoji Land. No connection to the Emoji movie, but it is, um, and so it's got great reviews, rave reviews, actually. Um, and so they're literally on stage singing a song because it's about, Act 2 is all about a virus that infects the phone. And all the emojis are now in danger. Their civilization's threatened. So they're on stage singing the song, Virus, and what's happening literally outside the theater. It's on 42nd Street. The theater league, Broadway League, has decided shutting down all the theaters. So a show about a virus is shut down by a virus. Oh, incredible. (laughs) I was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so ironically then, this song, and the, the audience was very young, young kids, high school, college. And so they've been calling it the rent for their generation because it is about a virus. But um, the song is it's sung by 
pile of poo and she comes out and uh, she's basically singing in the lyrics that you references, which I think is key to life, to this character strength is remember who you are. And I can't sing because I can't sing a note, but remember who you are is what she hands you a pile of poo. And life is pandas hands you a pile of poo, a big one. And so <laughs> there are some people who are resilient and are problem solvers and are flexible. They they're, they change. They can look at whether it's their they've been laid off or they are face, facing financial ruin or uh, health issues. They can um, they are able to use creativity. They use perspective. They use hope. They use gratitude. They use love, kindness, teamwork. People mm-hmm. get together to support one another. Leadership. I found that I've really found my leadership when I stepped up and and really basically said, you know, stay home. Like this is absolutely not. I was always thought of myself as meek, but I stepped into that leadership role. You did. I saw you do that in our group in a very strong way. Yes. Basically, then there are those people who are using their character strengths. And then there are those people who are frozen, frozen. Mm reactive, making bad decisions. And either they are the ones, their decisions because they're in denial uh, when something is bad or something bad is coming because mm-hmm. uh, they don't are not using that good judgment and problem solving mm-hmm. and, and openness and love of learning and curiosity to learn more about this. And then there's on the other extreme that are also not coping well. And those are who panic by making rash decisions, you know, rushing out to um, hoard every roll of toilet paper they can get. So it's that balance. And that's what I think that song means. Like, you know, it's again, you're, who you are is it's easy when times are, are fine and you can just, you know, I, I have friends who are freaking out because they can't get their manicures. They can't, they're doing everything to see how can I get to my hairdresser? They're endangering. These are older women who mm-hmm. are in the high risk group with health issues and they're only focused on the fact that they may have gray hair. You know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, really, really powerful and important. Well, I, I know we're about to wrap up, I, but I do want to ask you one more question, Dr. Sandy, because I think it's really important to think about what we do have control over. And so when we talk about character strengths, and we're really born with these, we're really born in a lot of ways being the way that we're always going to be. Your character strengths, you said, are the same when you, as you, they were when you were a child as they are now when you're 70. So if there's a strength that, that we value that we're not naturally high on, does it mean it's without it's outside of our reach? Or is there anything that we can do to cultivate it for ourselves? These are like muscles. We have them and we need to work them. And so I'm going to set an intention to really practice Mm self-regulation. And sometimes we are practicing it better in one area than another. And I also might add that a great way, if you have a family and you want some great activities when our kids were young, we had nights at the movies and it was so much fun. And uh, start with cartoons and you do an exercise like, because we movies that have withstood the test of time, classic movies are because they're positive psychology. They bring out, mm-hmm. we are there with that. It's a wonderful life. Groundhog Day, Rocky, not giving up. So if you're curious and you're looking for some great uh, movies, go to the American American Film Institute's website, the 100 Greatest Movies of All Time. Often these, they're, they're free online and see if you can watch it. And then you have that strengths discussion. You know, what did you like? What did this character, 
um, show and how can you, you know, show that? You're, so you have all these and you play a game. How many characters sing? So I recently did it with Little Women and I, oh, we, I did that. Every character strength was in that movie if you look for it. So you have those discussions so that your kids aren't just passively watching something, but you're engaged and mm-hmm. reinforcing character strengths. I love that so much. Thank you. So our character strengths, some may come more easily to us than others, but they're like muscles and we can exercise them to build them up. Yes. Love that so much. Dr. Sandy, what a gift to have you here sharing your incredible wisdom and body of work with well, a tiny sliver of your body of work with us and with our mamas. Thank you so much for being here and we want to have you back. Oh, thank you. I loved it. Yeah. And happy birthday again. Happy 70th, Dr. Sandy. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Are you searching the internet, Amazon and Facebook groups Looking for therapy techniques to help clients because you just weren't trained on how to do teletherapy? Then the Teletherapy Toolkit book is just what you're looking for. It's the first of its kind guide and it's jam-packed with easy to use and clinically effective therapy techniques that address the most common issues that child and adolescent therapists face today. Go to teletherapytoolkitbonus.com for your free teletherapy session checklist and video made just for therapists.